bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about <laughs> politics like we're talking about reality TV. And it's a big <sighs> day, meow meow. It's the biggest day. It's a huge day for it's Dumb Gay. It's a huge, 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 huge day. It's a huge day. But um, we're not going to give it away, but we have a big guest. Oh my God. And it was, it was wow. really, it was a real, I'm going to say personally <laughs> and professionally. No, actually none of those things. It was a milestone for this podcast, which yes. isn't um, professional at all. <laughs> it actually doesn't affect our life in any way, but it was for this podcast and mm. for the time and energy we put into it. Yes. For free, I might add, mm-hmm. <laughs> for all of you that didn't join the Patreon. <laughs> um, we. It was a milestone, man. I'm, I feel like we've been doing this podcast, like I would say, exactly one and a half years, uh-huh. a year and a half. And by, it, I bet you it could have been our year and a half anniversary even. But wow. we got this type of guest faster than I thought. Whoever would have thought it. I mean, from beginning <laughs> to end, from inception to completion. Completion. Who to thunk it? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, Who'd I'm proud of da you. Thunk it. Proud of you. We went through a lot. <laughs> we went through a lot. So, you know, for all involved. Well, let's do a cheers. Let's, I mean, let's cheers to, to everyone involved who made this happen. We have Angie's Whew. champagne glasses. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm proud of us, and and I hope I hope the three people still listening out of the 14 <laughs> will enjoy it. I hope that they will too. I had a wonderful time. Okay, good. Didn't you? Yeah, I was just glowing. Like mm-hmm. I was, because um, we pre-recorded that, right? Just so you know the had interview. to had to because people have schedules. Girl, girl. people have worries. Girl, <laughs> people have schedules, and people and have this worries. motherfucker is scheduled like yeah. like someone who has a life. So we were like. Oh, you want us to get up at 6 a.m.? So, because you're 9 a.m. East Coast? No problem. It's a reminder to me of how little I do. That's right. In my life. And it really hit home how many brain cells I've drunk, drank, and drunk, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, yes, drugged yes, away. Yes, yes, yes. But you know what? Life's just simpler this way. It's fine if I can't remember words or names. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I can't, I'll be like, who's the guy that stars in? <laughs> oh, please. You know what I mean? Of course I know what you so mean. So it's worth it. It's fine. Now, I don't usually like to respond when someone gets offended. Okay? I'm just, mm-hmm. we're going to, I'm going to switch, I'm going to switch topics. Let's switch gears now. I don't usually <laughs> like to respond when someone gets offended and feels the need to let us know. And to be fair, yeah, well, mm-hmm. it doesn't really happen that often. No, it does not. So. It does not. But we That's do, true. we have ignored it. And I let Mamma yell in my ear and be like, the fuck? <laughs> And then I'll be like, okay. And I let her get off. And I'm like, okay, we're going to just, we're never going to talk about that again. And then we forget. So see, it's, it's pretty good if we don't address it because we'll just forget. No, that's happened. 100% <laughs> true. I certainly do, do will forget. I mean, I'll forget. You're lucky. You ever, the, you should be lucky if my memory is so bad because you do not want me remembering. 
<laughs> you don't want me I, remembering because you'll name people just in per- interpersonal relationships where it's like this person, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think I've probably met a few of them in that, but I've forgotten the story because God, you do not want that. Yeah, because this bitch, she'll hold a grudge if she oh, can yes. remember to hold it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> if I could remember to hold a grudge, it would be held so hard. Yeah. Ugh. And if I do hold the, and if I do remember to hold the grudge, then you know your shit's fucked. Yeah, oh yeah, that means you really fucked Ooh. up, son. And usually the grudge will be held if there is a dialogue that ensues. That is correct. So that's why that I just is say very correct. I just say get it out, and I'm like this bitch won't remember this by mid next <laughs> yeah, week. True. Okay, so we got a message on our Facebook fan page. Mm-hmm. It was already a sign that the person didn't wasn't a member of our Patreon podcast because any of the Patreon right. children they comment on the Patreon. Yes. Also. They don't usually ever get offended. A couple of them do. Mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. And then I, we, you, we usually, we apologize to those people because they pay us, motherfucker. Right. So right. We, if you want an apology, you better go join the Patreon. I'll tell you that. You know. So she said, <laughs> um, and usually the, the Patreon people, they hear a lot of shit. Like mm-hmm. we go, like I'll be saying, I want to take back the word midget, different <laughs> offend, offensive stuff like that. I'm like, I want it back. Mm-hmm. I want it back. I don't mm-hmm. want to. It's like they hear a lot of stuff. So when somebody does get bummed out and also, like I said, they do pay us. Mm-hmm. So it's like then we we take it seriously because they don't complain. They're not a complaining. group. It's certainly also um, in the way in which you correspond also has helpful. Oh, if somebody how you comes come, to how you me, come, right. if you come to us, I remember there was a time that she, the girl said she was bummed out or she was whatever, but she wasn't. It wasn't an indictment. It was more like I f- she felt bad. Yeah, she she's like, like felt- that really made me f- right. It made, that- and it made us her feel bad about herself. Right, which we, we don't want. Know. And then we did feel bad. And then I am sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're coming with your fucking self righteousness, mm-hmm. I'm not ever going to be sorry. But again, if you want to join the Patreon, <laughs> www.patreon.com/slash/dumbgaypolitics, and pay us money, we will apologize no matter how you come. Um, but again, they're, they're not a complainy well, group yeah. and they haven't really come self-righteous, really. Right. Now, I'm going to address this email okay. on the Facebook fan page Fine. because I want to add clarity to the situation. Just in case, let me give the benefit of the doubt that okay. I wasn't clear on okay. last week's podcast because this person completely misunderstood me. I don't know if it's a guy or girl when you... when you I think it's a girl. When you cut and pasted it to me, you didn't include... I hope the whole mm. thing's there. But you didn't include the name. But um, I wouldn't read the name anyway because I don't okay. want anybody trolling her. But um, she misunderstood me. Now, but I'm saying as the benefit of the doubt, maybe I, maybe I wasn't clear because okay. I'm always okay. rushing. Mi- right. I'm in a fucking rush. I'm drunk. All the all of the above. So, and if I wasn't clear, then maybe all 14 listeners misunderstood me. In which case, she's just the only one who was offended enough to to send a note. To go ahead and send a note. So mm-hmm. here's what it says. Okay. And it's by the way, it's meow meow who saw it because now that. Now that we have the Patreon, I feel like I have I have a hair on my chin and it's making me do a thing where I'm like, let me... Right, trying to find it. Yeah, but it makes me look, let me think yes. here with my beard. <laughs> what I was going to say was that now that we have the Patreon where people comment, yeah. I don't even fuck with the Facebook fan page. No offense, oh. you guys. But anything, Julie reads every single thing on the Facebook fan page and anything... Per- I do. Anything pertinent, she sends my way. Because I'm that not on right. Facebook, as everyone knows. Yes. I'm sick of hearing. So, hello, ladies. I never get too far into things that bother me. And then it says a question mark. I, so maybe that's, oh, that's a question. Maybe that's a question. I typically never get into too far into things that, that bother, bother me. me? Oh, okay. But your last podcast where you inferred that people may be a little more evolved on the East or West Coast rather than other areas like the Midwest may have actually put me over the edge. Exclamation point. I love you guys so much. And this is why it tweaked me so hard. 
We have, we have electricity, we have news, we have our own thoughts, and we have concerns. We have concerns that do involve the rest of the world. We are not an island in the middle of Los Angeles and New York, hoping, praying that someday we get the cool clothes. Please understand that when these things are inferred, and I want you guys to know she said inferred twice. So let's be clear before I finish the email that this, this thing that she's offended about was never said. Okay? It was never said. Let me finish the email. When these things are inferred, it's downplaying 70%, I'm guessing, of this nation's population. Another exclamation point. If anything, we have a better perspective on the nation as a whole and the concerns of this nation as a whole. Another exclamation point. Again, thank you very much. You guys are truly one of my favorites, exclamation point. But you're right. I'm not on Patreon. Okay, meow, meow. Now, thank you for your email. And I I can completely understand. I, I, I can even... Imagine that I that I was rushed and I said it wrong because the full thought that I had, um, we did a podcast called Adderall and Compliments, and I said my full thought in completion on that podcast like the next day. But so I remember when I said it, I was slightly rushed on our podcast, as I am because we're all constantly pressed for time, as I am right now, and we're not even we're already done with this, and we still have two more things to go over. But anyway, so. But the fact that she said that these this concept was inferred makes me know that I didn't say, and you didn't say, no one said that New York and L.A. were more evolved. Now, and I also know for a fact that I said that the coasts, I included the whole coast. I didn't, I'm talking about California all the way up to fucking Oregon and Washington and the whole coast, if, if the East Coast. I'm including fucking Florida. I'm including North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Maine. Yeah, what else over there? Whatever. The coasts. (laughs) Uh So first of all, you're already wrong about New York and L.A., but I'm not going to get into the minutiae. What I meant, and if if everybody misunderstood this, then it's sad. I do also, before I get into it, want to say that that dumb bitch who was on Bill Maher that I tweeted. Wait, Barry Weiss? Yeah, Barry Weiss. She said, the echo chamber of social media will take even the most anodyne and well-intentioned comment and like, like get, it'll it'll cause it'll cause a ruckus. Everyone's going to get offended, and I'm like, the, I can't even express how much that came from love. My entire sentiment of that statement was that the people on the coasts, and that is what I said. I didn't say New York and L.A., so you're already fucking up there. And I never said the word more evolved. What I meant is that we are the coasts are more progressive. Period. So my point was like giving it up to the people who are fighting the good fight. That's what I said. Every single day they're in the trenches in the middle of this country. And I agree with you 100% that they have a better perspective on this nation as a whole. I agree with you 100%. But I'm saying people who are gay, people of fucking color, of any marginalized group, anyone even not, even a white man in the prime of his life, if he is somebody who has like a liberal point of view, he has to walk out into the world every day in the middle of this country and deal with fucking assholes who don't agree with him. And it, we certainly have conservative viewpoints on the coasts, but we have shamed those people into silence. We go, keep your fucking weird opinion to yourself. We don't want to see you acting racist. We don't want to see you acting homophobic, but I'm saying even orange County, which is like one of the most conservative places in California, yes. period. That yep. place is red, red, red. Yep. Those people don't act racist when you go down there. They're right. snobs. <laughs> right. They're fucking ultra rich and they're snobby. They're not homophobic. They don't treat gay people weird. Right. And no matter how they feel in their bedroom at night, 
they have been shamed into pretending they don't feel any of it. Right. And I was talking about commending people and being like, man, it's like so important that we have like gay people and black people who don't be like, fuck this, man. I can't fucking stand it here. I got to get out of here. They stay yeah. and fuck. That was an, it was said about a campaign ad in Georgia, Georgia, talking about rounding up immig- immigrants yeah. on a bus. And I was like, man, these people that stay in these in these states they are doing it for us. They're being the change we want to see and they're doing it every day. We don't have to do that, me and Julie. We don't have to. Like, maybe Julie because she looks like a full man, but like, <laughs> we don't have to deal with that kind of like discrimination. One time we went to Joshua Tree. I have never in my life felt that kind of discrimination. And yeah, that was in California, but what people have to feel <laughs> just simply walking into a restaurant that was a, we were at a bar, like we're at a restaurant. We couldn't get, we weren't getting waited on. We mm-hmm. couldn't even get a table mm-hmm. because I guess it's, because Julie was gay or Jewish. I wasn't <laughs> sure which one, but. Uh, do I look Jewish? <laughs> I, I don't I know. I look gayer I than I look yeah, Jewish. No, no, no. Come on. I don't really know. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's just, that's what I meant. It came from love. It came from me being proud of people. And it was also acknowledging that we don't get to sit on the coast and act like our shit don't stink because we don't have to deal with that every day. Right. I was saying the opposite of the way you took it. I hope you still listen. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you go ahead. <laughs> www.patreon.com slash I'm gay politics. Okay, I had to say it was about me. No, no, no. And you're right. And, you know, I can't remember whoever wrote that. You know, you have to you have to admit you're wrong. (laughs) I mean, that that is just what it is. You're just wrong. You got you got it wrong. You just got it wrong. So, you know, we all do it. We all perceive things in in right and wrong ways. But um, you really got this one wrong. So uh, we um, just needed to point that out. Yeah, yeah, and everyone who's who's on the Patreon, please go on and send me an email that says that you did understand the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want to know if other people took it that way because I probably rushed through it and whatever. Now we got some amazing gifts, but we're not going to talk about it because we're way over because of me. Okay. But from Jenny Larkin and Kira Hinkle, and we it really like and Meow Meow's dying because she really wants. We'll talk about it on I next mean, week's. Okay, um, but I do want to say the picture is up, and I. <laughs> Died. We'll talk about it next week. I died. Let's okay. get to Eye of the Shit Storm. <laughs> Take some shit. Put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck. Put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. Alright. So this week there was a there was a pardon shit storm. Uh-huh. Um, a Canadian tariff shitstorm, a Mueller memo shitstorm. Ooh, Mueller memo. Ma- that's, that's nice. <laughs> Mueller memo shitstorm. <laughs> but we decided the most important shitstorm was a Twitter shitstorm. One single tweet stirred up so much shit that 300 people lost their jobs. Tons of vendors lost accounts and orders and a huge corporation lost a shit ton of money. <laughs> and oddly enough, Brandy and I had a front row seat to the shitstorm. In fact, we were in the same room with the shitstorm. We were. We have some of the shit on us from the storm. I still, I left the fecal on i covered it with saran wrap and i didn't yeah. wouldn't let it off we were like loving being in the shitstorm. so oh. okay so roseanne okay a quick recap late on monday night roseanne Barr sent a tweet that said valerie jarrett a senior um like african-american advisor to obama the tweet said she looked as though quote muslim brotherhood and planet of the apes had a baby now some offensive comments are debatable <laughs> like uh samantha b Calling well, Ivanka Trump a cunt, a feckless but, cunt, mm-hmm. a feckless cunt. But this this comment, I don't. I think it obviously. Well, obviously, wasn't yes. debatable. Right. There's no debating it. There's no debating it. 
By Tuesday afternoon, ABC Disney had canceled the uber-successful reboot of The Roseanne Show, and Brandy and I found ourselves at a table directly across and three feet away from Darlene <laughs> and Linda Perry, who were day-drinking because they were depressed. We, too, were day-drinking because that's just what we do, being alive. <laughs> yeah, or maybe we're just always depressed. I mean, that also very true. I mean, that was insane, and obviously the, the Roseanne thing was when she got canceled, um, Samantha B hadn't happened yet, but then Samantha B happened, and now the whole shitstorm is now sort of Roseanne and Samantha B are now were tornadoed. The, the shit tornado swooped them both up right. into the same shitstorm. And if you have any, in my opinion, I agree with the guy that was on Real Time with Bill Maher the other night, who basically said, if you can't figure out the difference between these two comments, or if you think they're comparable at all, like you're just wrong. We're not getting caught up in that that debate. We just want to go over really the fact that we sat next to Darlene and Linda Perry. Okay, so to tell how we... Oh, we went into Crossroads, which is a vegan restaurant in L.A., after... Um, Very star-studded and also many, many, many lesbians, oh which is God. why we enjoy it. It was the most lesbian-y place I think I've been in this, in yeah, this city. because I walk in with Master Les, <laughs> and I just look like fucking killing the game, bitch. I got the prize fucking <laughs> no. lion right here, right here. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I never feel like the prize lion. But the, I always feel like... Le- some of those lesbos in there made me feel like I was like God I, You're don't, I, don't have, I don't have enough tattoos I don't have no. enough slicked back hair I don't have no. a, oh, I need, definitely need to lose 52 pounds I can tell you that but other than that I mean God damn Ooh, so, and I'm clean I'm too clean I need so to our gay, our gay man waiter Sit. He's standing at the front chatting, as, right. he, as he did pretty much the whole time. They're he, very friendly yeah. there too. Yeah. It's like, hey, Patty. Okay, see you later. Because everyone's vegan. Everyone's yeah. so friendly. And they, it's all neighborhood restaurant. But you guys go when you're in LA. Somebody asked us about places to go in LA and that were affordable, and I we never got back to them on the Patreon. Fuck. But um, a Crossroads isn't affordable, but go because it's because you will see. We have seen nothing oh but celebs there. We even saw Michelle Rodriguez, another oh, very right. famous les. Talk about king of the les. I mean, she's not out, but ser- still, but I mean, whatever. Still. Um, Gracias Madre, also a place to go for Les. Yeah, because that's another vegan. Another vegan place, delicious margaritas. Now, so our gay waiter sat us directly across from these two. Uh, like, I'm talking about even, to a point where it was like, even if it wasn't them, <laughs> it was already too close. We felt to like sit. we were all at the same table. Yeah, because like, you know they felt it. Yeah, even if it was just regular people, we'd be <clears> like, do we need them watching? Because they were in a booth facing out, and then now we're at a side by side table as now their entertainment. Yeah. And believe you me. <laughs> They were definitely, I mean, I couldn't, I could never look over because oh, I oh. was like, because I felt them staring, staring at us. Staring the entire time. And it was like, are they staring because they thought they knew us? Are they trying to figure out what we are? Are they, you know, because you know, any lesbian listening, you know, you see any two women together. It's just like with my mom talking about Jews. You're like, <laughs> are they together? Are they? Oh, I, I definitely. Know. They always, people always think we're together. And I was fucking thrilled about it. I was like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Chiss. They were playing like the most tragic music, and I was like, I wish they'd put on like Pink's first album. And because, because uh, not her Perry. first album, but her first solo I album. I wanted like, them to be like, What's going on? Yeah, and Julie's like, Yeah, she wanted them to put on Four Non Blondes. So, anyway. I mean, can you imagine? But literally, um, this was two o'clock LA time. This shit with, had broke with the Roseanne in that hour. Yeah. Like, they had to sneak her in a back door, right? Meow, meow, yeah, the, the paparazzi. The, the waiter said, like, oh, it's crazy. Because after they left, yeah. after this fucking, all we're all st- sitting there, just like, oh, God. Um, the waiter came over and was like, oh, God, can you believe that Roseanne stuff? I mean, it was like, we're like, I know, my God. And they were just sitting there. He was like, oh, God. I mean, I just felt bad, horrible for Sarah. We had to get her in back. And then the paparazzi was here. And, and I he mean, said it was they never horrible. drink They're, during the day. Never drink during the day. She always has a smile on her face. She's always friendly. 
And, you know, now she's just like not smiling and she's drinking. It's just like, oh. And I was like, what's our excuse? Can we get another beer? (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. I was like, give me the fake burger. Uh Uh-huh. So me and Julie were like, I wish that was like, honestly, it was like being fucking across from fucking OJ. You know what I mean? Like when the OJ verdict. I literally was like, Ugh. the shit went down. That is going to be in the history. Like and his it, yeah. next. She probably tweeted from that table. Oh, oh, yeah. Because she was distancing herself, blah, blah, blah. So now the story is, if you have, if you don't know, Roseanne was horrified. Obviously, she tried to backtrack and say she didn't even know the woman was black. <laughs> and she tried to say she was on Ambien when she wrote it. Right. She obviously knows who this woman is. But there's been a ton of like people who've come forward like I didn't know she was black either and I'm just being I'm just saying I was offended ABC ever even put the show on the air personally right. I was like the motherfucker dressed up like Hitler and right. posted a picture of herself dressed in a Hitler outfit making fucking Jewish cookies or whatever the fuck she was doing and making a joke about the oven and from that and alone things, I thought she shouldn't have been she's all she's tweeted a million horrible things yeah racist shit terrible racist shit and just like yeah so when ABC put the show back on I was already I already said I did not think it was a good look for ABC yeah. I really didn't and you're pandering and you're making yeah, money and you're right. acting like you're not and you can go fuck right off. Right. And I'm thrilled. So Roseanne begged the president of ABC, who the our waiters told us was black. Now, I don't know. I didn't. That's right. So I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't fact check it. But Roseanne begged the guy not to cancel the show. Now, she made $21 million for starring, directing, and producing nine episodes. The shit was already picked up for a second season. Yep. And now it's canceled. And supposedly Roseanne offered to work for free. So that no one lost their jobs. Whoa. She, she was like desperate. Wow. Desperate. So now this bitch sa- said she was going to get off Twitter while Julie and I, I mean, the second fucking Darlene and Linda Perry left, we were like, <laughs> get the phone out, honey. We were like investigating all the shit. So yeah. um, Julie read right then, which was the day it happened, that mm-hmm. she was getting off Twitter. She was like apologizing profusely. Which she, you know that means nothing. Well, she didn't. So I'm going to. Of gonna, course not. I'm going to let you know her last few tweets, okay? <laughs> okay. So here, this is like her second tweet. This, I guess, was three days ago. The real Roseanne said she didn't know Valerie Jarrett was black. This is from somebody named Larry Elder and had assumed she, he is verified. Um, she said she didn't know Valerie Jarrett was black and had assumed she's white. My white producer told me he thought so, too. Mar and Kimmel compared white Trump to an orangutan. If Barr honestly thought Jarrett was white, all caps, this changes the debate. You listening, ma'am? ma'am? I'm li- oh, I know who Larry Elder is. Okay, R- Roseanne uh- Barr, um, this is from her. She tweeted this. I, I end by offering, this was two days ago, I end by offering everyone involved one more apology and prayers for healing of our divided nation. Tomorrow is Shabbat and I will continue to pray that everything for everyone goes forward and ends well for us all. Signing off Twitter for a while. Love you guys. Meanwhile, then tweeted these, retweeted these other things. Um, she, then she tweets some video of this black guy talking about how black people need to get off the liberal bus. And it's like, oh, it's God, already, it's like oh a black God. person being racist. I'm like, That's you might want to quit while you're fucking ahead. Then she retweeted a thing from Sean Hannity. Oh, God. Which said all he wrote was unbelievable. And it it says Google glitch labels Republicans as Nazis. <laughs> and that's like what she tweeted. So she's obviously trying to, yeah, jump on the debate of like the dialogue about mm-hmm. like people talking about Trump's physical appearance and we see what you're doing. We all see what you're doing. And I don't, you can, you don't, and then you're going to go to Sean Hannity and Larry Elder and these people who are conservatives and or self-hating black people, excuse me. Yeah. But you don't, they're not the ones who you need to be retweeting and listening to. There's plenty of people 
to like have a dialogue with who we can all heal from and it ain't gonna be them no you're being fucking gross and you've been fucking racist and gross and fucking hating jewish people or talking shit about jewish people and you're done you're blocked cupcake yeah you're blocked okay you're exactly you're blocked i mean give me a fucking okay now it's time for the most legendary off limits in the history (laughs) of dgp we've talked to some very famous people and we've talked to some very political people who are deep like in the cable news game Mm -hmm. but this guy is by far the biggest guest we've ever had in terms of six degrees of kevin bacon now this motherfucker (laughs) is one degree from president trump and everyone in the white house and you know what? It just makes me think, why, oh, why did we not have this stupid podcast when Obama was president? <laughs> Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Die, turn, work. Let's have a kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. This is our segment called Off Limits, where we talk to an influencer or an activist or just someone we love about something that is usually considered off limits, politics. Today we are talking to a Trump game changer. If this were a conversation about Bravo stars, he would be equivalent to us talking to Erica Jane or Lala. Mm -hmm. In the grand scheme, he showed up somewhat late to the Trump party, but his impact has been significant. And you're sleeping if you're ignoring what he's bringing to the table. That's right. Now, we aren't looking for an argument. We are actually quite charmed by this guy (laughs) while disagreeing with quite a bit of what he has to say. However, what we are looking for is clarity and understanding, not only an understanding of what or where he's coming from, but an understanding for all the people that share his perspective. Right. It's crucial right now to bridge the divide that is separating America into two sides. And even though we believe that Donald Trump is largely responsible for (laughs) widening that divide, we are secretly hoping that our guest today has the map to the middle ground. That's right. Even though his job in the White House didn't really last two weeks, he is one of the most memorable people to work in the Trump administration. He's smart and good looking. He's outspoken and well-spoken. He's rich as fuck and stole our hearts when he talked shit about Steve Bannon. We have no idea why he... He agreed to do our stupid podcast, but we're so excited to have him. Please welcome to Dumb Gay Politics, Anthony Scaramucci. Hi, Hi Anthony. Anthony. Wow, what a what an introduction! I can't even say my mom wrote that one. Okay, that was like ridiculous. But you gotta you gotta tell everybody how we met. Yes. Though. How do we? Yes. Meet? Okay. So this is Julie speaking. For those you know who are new to the podcast. Okay. So I'm on a plane. I'm coming from New York to LA now, and I had said this before. I don't ever okay and i want you to know anthony i don't ever go up to people and i don't care if it was my biggest inspiration in life mel brooks i would never go up to him so i'm walking on the plane and i'm behind you behind you behind him and you get into first class obviously i have to keep walking to the back of the plane where i belong and he and i just was like it just came out of me i was just like hey i love you and i don't ever did it and then you were like, you were so shocked, which was what was so funny. You were like, what, me? And I was like, yeah, you. And then he goes, why? And I thought, well, that's a good question. <laughs> and then it was like, well, you just, you speak your mind. And I just like people who, you know, say how they feel. And you're also really entertaining to watch. And I like watching you. And he's like, God, wow. Th- you know, thank you. And we shook hands. And, and you said to me, um, I really never expected someone like you to like someone like me. And I thought to, in my mind, I was like, oh, this, you know, he's never had some big lesbian come up to him uh-huh. before. And and then you said you're misunderstood and that you. Yeah, well, that's, I, that's why I wanted. That's like the first question that I was going to yeah. say was 
you met Juliana Plain, so you know she's like super lazy, like dykes on bikes, like type style, like type shit. Yeah. So do you, and you said this whole thing to her that she said, do you feel like you're misunderstood in general or just with like maybe liberal well, women? No, or I, 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 Well, here's, here's what happens to you. Okay, when you learn going through the experience I went through, if you, if you do have a voice and, uh, you know, and again, and I get it, they do it to both sides. They did it to President Obama when he was president and they do it to Trump and they, President Trump, they do it to so many people and they were doing it to me. They've got to characterize you and they've got to dehumanize you a little so that they can get people to uh, not accept you or take you seriously. And so so one of the first things you learn in trial advocacy is if you're wrong on the facts you have to aggressively attack the other person because that mm. ad hominem attack will discredit that person. So so I, I find often that people that don't know me that are uh, not Trump supporters, uh, they get pretty lit up. And, you know, I've, I've heard some nasty things over the course of my uh, 24 month odyssey. So but it was very refreshing uh, and I appreciate it. And of course, I agreed to come on and do the show yeah well you know what we've i mean we we live in la and and we've told obviously everyone we know that we were going to talk to you <laughs> and i don't know if it's because you're good looking or maybe just because you're like really authentic even if it's if, if, if it's a differing viewpoint and we and we don't really have any friends that are trump support we don't have one friend that's a trump supporter but everyone right. we've talked to when we said we were going to talk to you they get real excited really excited i mean I've had, i can't even tell you how many texts including my mother was like did you talk to him <laughs> nobody's like nobody like oh, doesn't Nobody doesn't like you over here anyway. Yeah. Well, it's very, very flattering. I do, do appreciate that. And what I was saying to Julie is that, like, you know, I'm actually fairly non-ideological. Yeah. If you knew, That's right. You know, I, I supported President Obama. I had gone to law school with him. Um, you know, I'm more of a Republican, but on, like, social issues, I'm probably be further to the left than most of your peer group because, you know, I, I, I believe that it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for everybody. It's not just for straight people. So... I was one of the first people on the wagon for marriage equality and equal rights and getting people insurance if they're up, you know, and, and, you know, I have uh, my uh, my general counsel at Skybridge is a lesbian who's married and they have two beautiful children, uh, Rose and and Marie, and they've got two children actually from the same sperm donor. Mm -hmm. And they're two of the coolest people I know. And she's been an unbelievable partner of mine and i made her partner of skybridge when she was on maternity mm. so my attitude is i don't care if you're black white yellow green i don't care about your gender yeah. just care about your goodness you know what i mean and, and i think that's how uh, how we, we've got to get back to that place you know so so we are we are definitely coarsening our discourse which is a big negative for yeah. the society and on that note in so you've been your job ended at the white house or whatever that first one after the yeah. transition, and it's been a year. Do you feel like you dodged a bullet when you've been seeing what's happened? Um, like, aren't you kind of glad you didn't have to deal with all that bullshit? Um, in some in some ways, it was very disappointing. In other ways, it was relieving. Um, but in general, you know, you probably don't remember this part of the story. I was in the throes of getting divorced from my wife. And so oh. uh, my, my wife and I were in a rough and tumble over the political situation among other things that was happening personally. And so one of the great things about getting fired is I was able to reconnect with her and reconcile my marriage. And so if uh, if you had to say to me, could I, could I work in the White House and be not married, or could I be not in the White House and be married to somebody who I actually happen to love a great deal, I would choose the latter. So, so all in all, I think things work out the way they're supposed to. 
But I, you know, listen, I have to be accountable. I made a mistake on the phone with a reporter. I don't um, think it was a mistake. I, I, well, I, I told the truth, by the way, exactly. although I did say some fake news because there's no way Steve, you know, Steve Bannon, you know, his peepee, his peepee's too small to do what I said he could do. So, I mean, you know, I mean, as I'm obviously and look at his little pot belly. So there's yeah, like no way he, he could do yeah, that. No. So I, I was sort of hurt by the president that I didn't win the fake news award related to those comments. But that's fine. But, I, well, I but, thought you, you were know, robbed. Yeah. You were robbed. I think I was robbed, don't you? I should have been like the top of the fake news award. But, you know, the truth of the matter is those are two very, very bad people. You know, Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon were uh, systemically very, very bad people. And so, look, I, I wear the fact that I was fighting with them like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been very outspoken about General Kelly. Uh, I think John has uh, obviously hurt the president, and I think John is actually, you know, he's also a guy that he hides in his uh, his hero's uniform, but his his personality doesn't match the uniform, you know. And so I mean, so so I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm cool, you know, with him not liking me because uh, frankly I don't like him. So you know, at the end of the day, um, what about Mike know, Pompeo? All, Do you like that for him replacing Rex Tillerson? Yeah, him I like because, again, you know, you talk about authenticity and you talk about people being who they are. Uh, Mike is a very straight up, very straightforward guy. He's a very smart guy. Uh, top of his class at West Point, went to Harvard Law School a couple of years after me. Um, and, you know, I don't know every aspect of his personality or every aspect of his politics, but I've gotten to know him personally and some of his family members. And at least, you know, he's a straight up guy. These other guys that we're talking about. They're classic Washington operatives where they'll say one thing to your face. They're congenital liars at birth. They can't, <laughs> they can't help themselves. You know what I mean? It's like they'll tell you the sky's green when you know it's not. And they just have this congenital way of practicing, you, you know, Washington honestly there- bull. It's just ridiculous. You know? it's, isn't it hard, though, to if you're especially for you, who seems like a person who like in and you've, you've said you're a straight shooter and you like to, you know, stab someone in the front or whatever. Or you want to come for someone you come for them. It's you don't do backstabbing. It seems like, however, at least from an outsider's point of view, that Trump is also a liar and that there's so many liars in there. Like, how do yeah. you even well, manage okay, so who's lying and who's you know so, what I mean? So yeah. so. Trump is different, though. Okay, so I know you guys don't like him, but let me just frame it for you. And and there's you have legitimacy for some of the reasons why you don't like him. And then some of the things are a little bit unfair. But, but, but the thing about Trump is he's an old-fashioned story embellisher. He's an old-fashioned <laughs> BSer. Okay. Okay. He's an old-fashioned BSer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you read Scott Adams' book, Win Bigly, uh, <laughs> Trump's, a- Trump's adage is... Why would I ever let the truth get in the way of a really good, flavorable story? Okay, so that's, in my mind, I know you guys think I'm trying to split the participle here, but in my mind, uh, the, his supporters sort of know that he's sort of a macro wave storyteller. Uh, no, I think, and I think if there's a difference he's, he's between, mixing. between political lying and being like, you know, an old school salesman embellisher. Yeah. I do. P- politics that's, that's, is politics. That's him. Yeah, well, that's him. So, oh, he's told three thousand and one lies over the last uh, <laughs> year. I'm like, okay, come on, the guy is a great story embellisher. That's what he does for a living. That's how he operates himself. Uh, yeah, but let and, me. Ask, and so, but, and everybody knows that. And by the way, I've seen him wink. You know, he he is he has yeah, turned to me that. and winked. I can see that too. Yeah, um, he's turned yeah. to me and winked at me when he's saying something that I'm looking at. I'm like, what the hell is he saying that for? You know what I mean? Well, let me and he ask knows you this it's going to cause a ruckus, and so he winks. You know. Okay, right? so here's Trump, here's Trump is a human Duraflame lock. Okay, <laughs> he is a 
he knows how to start a fire where there's absolutely no way you could have a fire. Well, here's you know a I mean? real yep. question for you. Like, okay, so we know you like Trump and that you like him personally. And here's the deal. We all have friends that we know are skanks. I mean, <laughs> we're friends with like real literal hooker drug dealers yep. and more than one, like yep. at least three. Several. Yeah. Several. So, and I, we do get drugs. Well, we do have, get drugs from have them. Well, look, hopefully you have a soft spot for them. Look, I mean, yes. look, I mean, of course, no, we don't, look, we don't even really think they're skanks. We, no. But what I'm saying is. I grew up in a rough and tumble neighborhood, so I, I have a very forgiving personality. I, I mean, yeah. is, you know, people are there, products of their environment. Is there, a, is there a point where it's too much? Like, for example, I love Julie, but if it came out that she had like a seven-year-old like love child, I probably distance myself only because I think kids are annoying. But is there you any? You think it's a little hot, though? Honestly, Brandy, like a tiny bit hot, right? Can you imagine I, if I, I had a love child? Where would no. that even come from? I don't know what happened. I, mean, I went to a football Julie, game. Though, she was, knowing Julie as well as I know Julie, she probably went to a sperm donor yeah. for that whole thing. Right? You never know. Tay, don't, don't back me in a corner. Yeah. I could go to okay. a football stadium and do what I want. Come on. Okay. But right, well, now, God bless. Is, is there That's any... what makes you exciting. Is there anything right. you, you would, is there anything you could do where you just be like, yeah, I'm out? I, I got it. Well, listen, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Charlottesville thing. If you mm-hmm. go back to the Charlottesville thing, I was out of the White House, and I I renounced that on the Colbert show. I renounced it in, on Stephanopoulos. I do think the president made a mistake there where he was trying to say, because I know his personality, and he he, he, he explained this, uh, and he explained it off the record. I probably shouldn't be sharing it, but he said he was what he was <laughs> no trying to say. No one's listening. Don't worry. <laughs> what he was trying to say is that there. He said there's very fine people on both sides, which was a disastrous thing to say. Yeah. But what he was really trying to say is that there's bad people on both sides. But he got caught up in the moment, Ooh. and one of the problems, maybe you know, it's a stylistic problem, but it, it is a problem. And I and I would tell him this if he was on the phone with us, is that he gets very very defiant. Uh, when he gets pressed hard by the media, mm. um, you know, he thinks he's being treated unfairly by the media. And so his move is to be a very swift counterpuncher. Um, and he, and he, and he sometimes will malaprop or say things that are regrettable. So the Charlottesville thing is definitely regrettable, but I think you're asking me a broader macro question. And I think that we have to, we have to have to dial back the discourse, the anger in the society uh, we have to change the style. You may not agree with the president on a lot of the content, but the content is not so bad because we're we're we're, we're pretty good on the jobs front, lowest jobs uh, numbers in 18 years, pretty good on the economy in terms of wage growth, pretty good on industrial investment. Um, you know, people's lives really haven't changed. I've always said that to people, whether it's President Obama in office or President Trump, is your daily life changing? And the answer is there's a little bit more buoyancy and a little bit more business optimism. But by and large, people's civil liberties, people's lives really haven't changed. But the bellicosity of the rhetoric has changed. The anger levels have yeah. changed. Yeah. Well, I, so, I would push back so a little I would bit hope, on that just to only say the people who okay. are, you know, being separated from their kids and the board. Like there are some okay, things so that I'm are being. A, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. I think that there is some media distortion on the facts there. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, 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 but I. But I'm also. But I'm also saying from a design point of view, no, if there is right. if there is distortion, then the White House and the people in the administration have to do a better job of clearing that up. Yes. And if there isn't distortion and that stuff is factually accurate, then we have to knock that off. That's yeah. not. That's not. That's not. That's not who we represent as a group of people. Um, I understand the rhetoric. Well, if they're breaking the law, they have to accept the consequences. But you're now 
you're now you're you're now in a country that's preaching prison reform, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. You're now in a country that really is trying to push a whole movement towards, you know, getting people back into the society and functioning. So you sort of you sort of really can't do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that completely makes sense. And I want to. OK, so just in moving on to a, yeah. another topic, I read in an article from The Spectator from April of this year that you were quoted as saying when people are feeling economically desperate, they will call for change. And Trump is the vehicle of this change. Now, I thought maybe you could speak to um, why you think Trump is good for the country economically, since really that is, I mean, well, what everyone cares well, about. <laughs> well, here, 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 here's what I would say to you, okay, that there were two people um, that saw uh, what happened over the last four, 35 years. So I grew up in a working class family. My parents didn't go to college. Uh, I have uh, three children uh, from that family, three, you know, two, two uh, siblings. But I also have about 35 cousins, meaning from my large Italian wow. family, right? <laughs> but there's only, oh of, 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 of those 38 people, there's only two people that went to college. Oh, wow. That's my, bro- that's my brother and I. Yeah. So I'm just trying to give you the dynamic of the area that I grew up in and the people uh, that I was raised by. And so for me to go to the Harvard Law School, work at Goldman Sachs, build these hedge fund businesses, end up in the White House, albeit for 11 days, or we could say 954,000 seconds. <laughs> you know, sometimes I say that to my shrink and it makes me like, feel better. Do you ever but, know 9,500, <laughs> Right, right, right. And each, each, each second, right? But the, but the, but the point, point of me bringing all of this up is that I've had an improbable life. So I've, mm. I've started in one area, I've ended up in a different area, um, but I have empathy for both sides. And so what I would say to you is that we went over a 35-year period of time we went from an aspirational working class where my dad really, really believed that uh, if he paid his dues, his children could have a better life than him. And my mom believed that, too, by the way, because she was a homemaker. But I'm just saying that his whole thing was go to work, work super hard, get into college, go to a great school, you'll get a great job, and you'll, you'll move classes. Um, that aspirational idea for the working class has turned into a desperational one. Yep. And so so Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, again, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're partial to one of those two people, <laughs> but they were the only two candidates that saw that. Mm. Okay? And so and so Trump Trump really and this is a great irony about these tariffs and the trade, Bernie Sanders actually agrees with the president on this stuff. Um he recognizes that the unevenness of the trade system has really hurt the American working class and has really hurt the middle class. And so the great irony of this thing, for all of their differences, they have both pulsed out what's gone wrong in the society, and they actually have the identical policy as it relates to the trade situation. It's more of the establishment that doesn't want to break the status quo Mm. uh, that's pushing back on this stuff. So so I think long-term, I think the president will do a good job on the economy. I think long-term... Uh, he will he will surprise people as it relates to North Korea. He'll surprise people in Iran. But I do think from a stylistic perspective, we have to change the bellicosity that's in the system right now. It's it's not good for our children. Uh, it's not no. good for our country. It's not good for our country. Um, we have to get back to a place what what we're doing right now. You guys may not agree with me on a lot of my policies you may be identical with me on certain ones but we should be able to still get a beer together or get along or be able to laugh about our differences we if, probably shouldn't be dehumanizing each other if you were communication, on, on that road if you were communications director still 
would that yeah. do you think that you would have maybe been able to influence that attitude coming from the White House? Because it's not just coming maybe. from the people. It's coming from there. Yeah, as well. Yeah, no, 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 no. Maybe I I think it's been a mistake for the White House. I've said this publicly. Uh, Steve Bannon uh, 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 declared war on the media at CPAC in 2017 in like March or April of 2017. I thought that was a very big mistake because uh, once you declare war on the media, you've got everybody's ire up and now you're in a full-blown mudslinging contest with each other. Um, one of the things I did, and perhaps the only significant thing I did in the White House, was I turned the lights and cameras back on. Uh, my attitude was on the first day when I entered that press box and in the press room, I feel that the fourth estate is there to hand check the people that are in power. Um, uh, if you really read the original documents and you read the Federalist Papers, uh, they wanted a free press so that a free press could be critical of people in power because that's one of the ways that you prevent tyranny. Um, you know, when you have a controlled press, uh, then power can run amok. That's what the founders felt. So, so shutting down the press lights and doing all that sort of nonsense that Sean Spicer was doing. I mean, my, my nickname for him is Liar Spice from the Spice Girls. I mean, the guy was like a complete liar. Every Spice Girl's got a nickname. Oh that was his Liar Spice, right? But, but like all of that nonsense was actually hurting the country. You know, and so now the rhetoric and the bellicosity of the rhetoric is unnecessary. Uh, the president's winning on a number of different fronts. If we can just figure out a way to unite the country or to be a little bit more agreeable with our disagreements, right. uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a better place. It's, you know, I, I, yeah, I, and I, I, we I, both agree with you, and I certainly agree with you. I think what happens is, like, for example, when people feel like it, – it's so hard because people feel personally attacked – like, yeah. oh, if the football guys don't stand up, they should get out of the country. Or there's there's a yeah. racism and a sexism that's going on amongst that administration mm -hmm. that feels like a personal attack on people. So peace, people feel assaulted. Now, he, so, he agrees. Yeah, he, and you yeah. agree. So yeah. I think what we, we actually all agree, but we also agree that there's a way to talk about it that's more... Um, you well, know, it's too bad you're not still however, there because I don't think anyone, well, listen, no I mean, one's here, talking here, common here, sense here, to them. No, here, here's okay. a guy. Here's a guy that went to Elton John's wedding. Here's a guy that well, uh, grew up in New York, uh, and here's a guy that was completely indifferent and agnostic <laughs> to people's personal lives and their sexual orientation. Yeah. So now, right, you're in this politically charged environment, exactly, and there's venom being spit from both yes. sides and fire. Right. And I'm saying. That that's not necessary okay you can we can we can look at the situation together and i really do think we have to have a transformational moment in our politics where we're moving from less about left and right and more about right and wrong and oh. so we could sit down together and we could say okay what are the right policies what are the right policies to implement forget about whether they're through the prism of the left or the prism of the right how, go ahead. You follow we're, what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. absolutely. And yep. we're definitely, we are able, and I think I think people with common sense are able to remember the Donald Trump before who didn't give a shit, and he, yeah. he didn't seem like any of the things he seems now. And it does seem like he's his back's against the walls and like it's really defensive, like you said. But one person that really wa <laughs> wasn't, um, who's been pretty consistent, is um, Mike Pence. And we really mm -hmm. don't like Mike Pence. And... Mm -hmm. Um, we really wish you could talk shit about him the way you did Steve Bannon and rancid pubes, but we know yeah. you can't. And we know yeah, you'll say well, you like him, good, but there's just no, no look, way. There's a, no way I you can a, really I, like I, him. He's a little no, bit well, too much of a tool. Okay. All right. Well, you guys don't like him because you probably believe, you know, he's, he believes in this sort of conversion therapy nonsense. Who would like someone who so, believes in that? So, 
Okay. He well, calls you, his you, wife you, mother. I'm sure you, you have like literally you, banged you. like 500 chicks. He calls his wife okay. mother. How okay. can you okay. relate to him at all? All right. All right. Well, um, yeah. Well, you said a lot there. Okay. Particularly about the 500 chicks that I have to let go by because I really want to stay completely and, and totally and, married. Yeah. Be honest. So, well, that's so, before we've all so, done. But, we've all have histories. We all Julie's have okay. banged 500 okay, chicks too. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you. Okay, your 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 chicks are probably more interesting than my chicks. But, no, but anyway, they're all the same chicks. Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, okay, okay, that would be great actually. Because then then you guys would learn, which I'm not supposed to say. I'm basically a lesbian in a man's body, right? Because I probably like hair and makeup and, and hairspray more than you guys do. Oh God, but, oh God, but, are and, you and sensitive I probably, and I probably, too? And I probably, and I probably I probably use more of it, right? Are you? I'm always, are you I'm always co- in the makeup. Are you codependent and hypersensitive too? Uh, not codependent, but definitely sensitive. But, yeah. But, but on this topic, on this topic with with my with Vice President Pence, okay, he sort of got raised in that sort of absolutist sort oh, we, of way. I know, I know, we know. And but. so, so, so for me, all I can say to him is, boy, I'm like radically different from you. I don't know about you guys. I can only speak for myself. I did not choose my sexuality. Um, my nephew, who came out as uh, as gay uh, last year, he's 21. I couldn't be more proud of him because I, I, I don't want him to live in a society where he doesn't feel accepted. And, and so, you know, my generation, I'm born in 1964, so a lot of my friends that are gay had a hard time coming out because of the social stigma related to it. When you get born in the 70s, a little easier, born in the 80s, a little bit easier, born in the 90s, a lot easier, right? And so, so for me, you know, I'm so glad that we're moving in the right direction. That's real social progress for me. And I'm very proud of my 21-year-old godson who came out and said, hey, you know, uh, this is my sexual orientation. I did not choose my sexual orientation. And I don't know if you guys chose yours, but I, I didn't choose mine. Okay? I kind of so do. I like okay, it. It's a day-to-day thing. It's a day-to-day. Okay, all right, well, good. Well, God bless you. But my, my <laughs> point is, what, di- what difference does it make? Now, here's what it I would doesn't. say to Vice President Pence, and I would say to other people in that movement, you guys are – quote-unquote conservatives, and you're for a smaller government, and you're for a smaller government everywhere except in my bedroom. You want a larger government in my bedroom. And in women's and vaginas. <laughs> women's Correct. vaginas and, and gay people. And I can't know okay. how you... And so I don't, yeah. I, don't think that that, I don't think that that's fair. Okay, and as you a don't? Little, you know, so I, no, he doesn't I like don't. it. I, I think oh, 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 that, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I think that you're, it's your body. I'm a libertarian when it comes to this way. I'm not even liberal. It's your body. You have a right to choose what you're going to do with your body. Right. And you have a right to uh, live with and cohabitate with and have that. a sexual relationship yep. with whoever you want. Yeah. And, and why is that even my business? And why we, shouldn't you, if it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, why aren't you able to pursue happiness the same way I'm allowed to? Okay. Right. So, I mean, to me, I could debate these people all day and night, and, they, and, I, and I box them into a corner. They can't even move. You know, is it so, hard for you to be so, around him then? Or do you feel that it's sort of like almost like you're calling to be because what you're saying is you're around this guy who believes it really just like the opposite of what you believe. He'd have your he'd yeah. control your wife. He'd control your daughters. He'd tell your gay godson to go, live, mm-hmm. you know, get in a camp and be converted mm-hmm. like this guy is yeah. dangerous. And not only like that, he's dorky. And, too. And, he's, <laughs> and you're with him. And I wonder, well, it's just like, do you well, feel I, like it's I, your. Well, here's what I would say. OK, I like him as a person. Okay. I would say that I don't go into those areas or those topics with him. He's always been very, very good to me. Um. And he's he's a gentleman, but on policy, let's say that he becomes the forty sixth 
president right. for whatever reason. Oh, okay. God. On on policy, on those policies, if he tried to implement policies or or laws that are different than the existing ones, because I think we've made a lot of progress yes. in yep. the last 15 years. Totally. I would be at the forefront of trying to block that. Mm. The same way I was with Rob Reiner and Chad Griffin yep. uh, five or six years ago, working on the gay marriage project here in New York, and then working on it nationally. Cool. You know, and, and so I, you know, I went to the HBO premiere with those guys, uh, with Ted Olson and David Boys, who, who argued that case before the Supreme Court. Because I just think it's a it's a natural human right, and and we we need to be more accepting of yeah. each other. Again, we don't That's have to nice. agree on every we have to agree on every political situation. We don't have to look at each other and say, okay, geez, you know, I'm way more for the free market. I I know that the market has to be regulated because we have greed and excess in our mm-hmm. personalities. I understand all that, but I do know that the system of free market opportunity and creating unequal outcomes through hard work and industry and things like that are important because that's a motivating tool uh, for me. You know, it was motivating in my life, helped me create a lot of jobs in society, pay a lot of taxes. I just want uh, want to interject really quick. You seem like you're a really nice guy. You're obviously you've got social skills to pay the bills for goddamn days. (laughs) But and so this isn't your responsibility, but I just want to say just for our, you know, 14 listeners that there's the difference between like disagreeing with someone on the free market or, you know, tariffs and shit and then and then disagreeing with someone on civil rights it's like at that point it's like yeah. you know i'm back in you know whenever slavery they, happened i don't know was it the 1700s i don't know yeah. but it's like somebody needed to go and be like you're not gonna fucking treat human beings that way and yeah. and i'm not gonna talk to you if you do now i'm not saying you need to do that because i understand you have your way of like making things happen but we all ha- ha- can agree that like Human rights are different than disagreeing on, like, well, you know, well, economic I mean, let's go policies. Back. Oh, oh, okay, I understand that. And I think they should be absolutes. But unfortunately, because of the tribal 5,500 years of uh, human recorded history, uh, <laughs> it's been very it's been very tribal and it's been very closed down. And so one of the great things about the country, whatever its stains are, whatever the original sins are, slavery, this is a country of movement. This is a country of progress, right? So. So at the end of the day, I'll just go back to what Dr. King said, right? Dr. King basically said that you're never going to fight hate with corresponding hate. The only way you're going to overwhelm hate is through unconditional love, right? And so if you go back to his writings, you go back to his teachings, and you go back to his practice of nonviolent civil disobedience, him and Gandhi did more for social change and social justice than anybody standing inside of a tank or a gun, you know? And so, so for me, you know, I've got to, you know, and, and Dr. King had to work with people that literally hated him, you know, and, yeah. and, and the early part of that movement, there were a lot of politicians that wanted nothing to do with it. that wanted to continue to have enforced segregation, the school systems segregated, the lunch counters segregated. And so he, he worked with those people to change that system. So, so to me, you don't want to, I don't want to lose my relationship with, with uh, Vice President Pence because if he becomes President Pence, you know, we got to be in right. there explaining right. to him that this is where social progress is. This is really where the American experiment is going. This is what Lincoln, Lincoln talked about the country. He said it was the last best hope for mankind. And he meant that because it was a melting pot. He meant that it was a, it was a place where people could come and practice their religion or practice free speech. Uh, they could come and find opportunity. That's how my grandparents got here. Yeah. And so my so my point is is that like, you know, we 
we, we've got to operate to some extent inside of that system to reform the system, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's the fact that you can do it is a test. I mean, you know, not everyone can yeah. do that. That's the thing. Yeah. We, I know I couldn't well, do it. I'd just be well, listen, I'm, enraged. I'm a, I'm a byproduct. Look, I, I have to remember, I've lived this very improbable life. And thankfully, you know, through the good forces of hard work and some luck, probably more luck than anything, I've been very successful. And so I'm at a stage of my life where I'm really trying to figure out how to help other people uh, achieve the same sort of things that do I do. Do you been drink? Do you drink? Because no. you don't sound not, like you drink. N- no, not that much. No, I mean, yeah. again, you know, you, 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 if you drink, you wrinkle up like a prune. You know, I'm a very vain person, right? <laughs> you guys have to remember that vain. Come on, as fellow lesbians, vain and pain rhyme for a reason. By okay? the way, you just named. Don't forget this that, is right? the name of the episode. It's going to be Anthony Scaramucci, right? fellow lesbians. Yeah, fellow lesbians. He's <laughs> Let, not a big I know you. Person. I know you're so you're busy, but we have just a couple yeah. more questions. So the yeah, go ahead. You, I saw we we like scour. We like we spent hours yeah. last night looking at your shit first of all do you like it or do you not like it when people call you the mooch or refer to you as the mooch no problem I, you know okay. I, I, I actually like I mean I have to remember my last name is Scarabooch right <laughs> okay well you know yeah. some people so don't like my, nicknames or whatever no, you know? I don't care okay, right. I thought it was really funny when a lot of people that are you know on the left they, oh mooch is like a pejorative you could be mooching off people uh, they were like very quick to use my last but it's my last name yeah and by the okay. way uh, I've, been, I've been called the mooch since I was in the second grade yeah. so it doesn't matter man. <laughs> okay good well you I never know like, just want to ask yeah. What I think is fun about it is that if you go on Amazon, you can buy these like mooch T-shirts. My wife gave me a hard time, bought a mooch coffee cup. It said I was White House Communications Director for, for 10 days. All I got was this coffee cup. I'm like pissed at the guys that made the coffee cup because I was there for 11, 11 days. days. Right? Why, your, why cheat me out of that 10? Your wife you know, has got to have a day. good sense of humor. Does she make no, – no, she, 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 yeah. We have a mooch, we have a mooch uh, a workout T-shirt. It has a picture of a swear jar. That's loaded with dollar bills, and then it says, "Shit, I filled the jar again." Anthony Scaramucci. I mean, these people are constantly breaking my balls at home. I know you have to. T- that's what you said to me on the plane too. He's like, "The c- amount of incoming I take is ridiculous." Yeah. No, I take incoming from the family more than anybody. Right? Yeah. My well, we four, all my do. My four-year-old said, "Dad, stop saying the bad words." That's what got you fired by Donald Trump. <laughs> That was My the four-year-old saying well, that. I wanted I'm like, all right, i got to stop saying the bad word. No, well, I want to tell you, we love that. We love that about yeah, you and the not, fact that you, you said that. You know I, that's not why I got fired. I got fired oh, no. because Kelly because needed to Because you had a big me. business in your hedge fund yeah. that we're going to buy into for 13. <laughs> we can pull together 13 hundy. For 13 hundred, yeah. can we get some action yeah. in that hedge fund you, or you, what? You, you, well, I gotta, you you got to come meet my partners. Okay? You love them, okay? We'll let you in. We're for in Skybridge. Yeah, on. we're doing. Well, I want the lesbian <laughs> discount with the with the partner. We got like exactly. I got five bucks. I can definitely put in. All right, wait. So you said, and, and uh, you told New York Magazine, and this I thought was really interesting. So you said the thing I've learned about these people in Washington is that they have no money. So what happens when they have no fucking money is they write about what seat they are and what the title is. Fucking congressmen act like that. They're fucking jackasses. I want to know what you mean by that. I feel like this is informative about Congress. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, basically, you know, they're super pissed at me for saying the truth. But I mean, the truth is, is that they've selected these jobs. These jobs are low paying jobs, which offers an opportunity for all these lobbyists to curry favor with these guys, which is why the system is so flawed. Yes. And then the and then the other problem is because they're not making any money. um, They start to focus on these like really stupid things like what seat they have on Air Force One, what's their position, what's their uh, title. Oh, mm. And so so the point uh, I'm making is, is like, okay, you should be serving in Washington for a couple of years, not make it this ridiculously long entrenched career. And you should you should be making progress for the American people and then you should go home. 
you know? Yeah, go I mean, on a you know, speaking George tour. I already George always Washington say I had, I couldn't do yeah. couldn't be in politics because I would be Scott Pruiting it up. I would have to. I'd be like, I need money. I'm obsessed with money. I wouldn't be able to help myself. I'd be like, well, fuck it, I don't care about this. I'm gonna take this like underhanded payment. I wouldn't care. It's the reason it's the reason why the average American I mean, by the way, it's also, you know, again, you know, whatever you think about the president, it's the reason why he got elected because the average American is so fed up with these people. You know, the Congress has like a lower approval rating than Chairman Kim from North Korea. You know, so I mean, it's like, you know, you know, it's like they're a bunch of jokers. Right. So. So, you know, and that's that's just it's just very, very hurtful to the American people. And if you look at the policies and you look at the unevenness of the educational system, the crumbling infrastructure, and you look at the deficit spending and the and just the reckless behavior, you're like, OK, why are you guys doing this? I'm not allowed to do this in my life. Why are you doing this to our country? Yeah, exactly. You, you follow what I'm saying? So, of course, so that's that. That's got to get fixed. Hopefully, our children uh, will fix it because our you know the baby boomer generation has failed at that. Before you know? we let you go, will you tell us what you think of Kellyanne Conway? <laughs> okay, so we're 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 very good friends. I know her a long time. Um, she's very very loyal to the president. Um, she got the president elected. Um, sure I did. think without without her voice, I mean, remember, you got 52% of the white women's vote. A lot of that had to do with Kellyanne. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's been very loyal to him and the family. And if you met her and you got outside of, like, here's what happens in the media. When you meet somebody through the media, there's a prism and a kaleidoscope. And so you sometimes get disconnected from who the person really is. And so what I would say to you about Kellyanne, if you met her personally... You got to know her over a beer or over a meal. You'd have a different opinion of her than you currently have now. Whatever that opinion is, good or bad, I just think it would be different because there'd be more texture and there'd be your more humanness. And you'd be looking at her saying, okay, I get her. You know, and I that think you'd sense. like her. Yeah, but would that be true about Steve Mnuchin? <laughs> I kind of don't think so. Um, well, I just Steve, don't think so. Steve, Steve, you know, he probably doesn't have a, you know, I mean, he's, Probably doesn't have the most effervescent <laughs> of all the personalities. I mean, come so on. Him and I, him and I work together, and I, I have a good, good friendship with him. I like his wife a lot. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're very nice people. But I mean, you know, look, I mean, you know, look, he's he's a good guy. And by the way, he's a very stable, moderate guy. And so, and and the president has a lot of respect for him. So I'm very glad he has a seat at the table because he has a voice that the president respects. And I think when you would think about policies that go down, he's fairly centrist, okay, which mm. is something I think is very important in this administration. Now, you're about to get your own show. This is the very last question. Um, clearly, you're minutes from starting I mean, your own yeah, show. Yeah, it has to be happening. Could right, you, it has to if be. you could pick what network you'd have your show on, which network would it be? Is there a lesbian network? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's called Please. MSNBC. <laughs> Okay, so it looks like it's going to be M M L E S B N B C. Well, what is it? Skybridge start a lesbian. That is amazing. Please. No, if there's a lesbian network, that's the one I want to be on, actually. But well, good luck. Good luck with the rest of your life. We really. Okay, I appreciate guys. If you're in New York, come see me. You got my cell phone. Let's Um, get a beer. But thank you so much for doing our stupid podcast. Do you want to tell our 14 listeners where they can find you and troll you? Uh, they control me at, at Scaramucci on Twitter. You can say mean and nasty things. It's totally fine. Oh, uh, I don't. I, I only block people that have criminal records that have threatened my life. Everybody else I unblock because I, I actually don't care. 
Um, Perfect. And so God bless. All Thank right? you so no. much, handsome. Thank you so Great much. You we will see okay, you in New week. York. And now it's time for So There's That. If you're new here because you just came for the mooch, this is the part of the show where I make Julie find a ray of light in all the darkness. Something she can feel good about since there's a daily barrage of negative shit stroking her... Stroking or stoking? Stroking? Stroking her gay rage. <laughs> she hates doing it, but we don't care. All right, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that moment for this week? <sighs> I mean, my so there's that moment for this week should just be called the mooch, so there's that. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say that too. <sighs> but since I had to find someone... I've never really paid attention to John McCain. I never understood how a Republican can call themselves a maverick when you're aligned with the most conservative party in America, regardless of how mavericky you may think you are. Mavericks, to me, are rebels and characters on Top Gun, and it's a term I even relate to and look up to. He just didn't seem to be someone I should care about. I just didn't get it. Of course, the theory of being a POW is obviously admirable and a person who cares about service is respectable in addition. And But really, moreover than anything, I just can't stand Megan McCain. I mean, really. <laughs> and I, she really is, at least for many of us, a portal into John McCain. And girl, I'm not into it. She bugs. She bugs. <laughs> I want to like her. I want to respect a Republican who claims to be socially liberal, but I just can't help but feel a person of my generation in particular who goes around talking about how open they are, clings to the ideals of a party who, in my opinion, is utterly selfish and seeped and just seeped in hypocritical, moralizing, racist, religious zealotry and economic Grinchism. It's a new word I made up. Oh, good. Which basically just means um, selfish. Yeah. I just can't. Rich just, dicks. Yeah, rich dicks who just don't want to share, who don't want to share. Don't want to help. Don't want to help, don't want to share. It's up to you. It's your problem. You can be gay, but, you know, if you have, if you need health insurance, I don't give a fuck about you. Go die. There just hasn't been one Republican, even our good friend the Mooch, who I like. I just. He's such a good friend now. He's such a good friend now. <laughs> but as far as Republicans and whatever, there just hasn't been one that I've been able to really look up to in the way that I look up to and respect and feel a sense of camaraderie with when it comes to compassion and open heartedness and yes, respect and yes. honor and most importantly, integrity. There are so few men in particular in this political system who I feel have any integrity <laughs> at all. But you don't have to get offended if you're a man and you're listening because you're probably just, you know that you have integrity. Like when people say, That's talk right. shit about like That's right. women that are similar to me, I'll just go, well, they're not talking about me because I'm not right. like that. That's <laughs> right. And so when you know, and that's why I know when the ones that listen or the ones that I meet, I'm always like, I love because you were in the, we're in the tribe. We're in the whatever. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> But when I meet someone who I don't necessarily trust, it takes a while. Okay, girl, I'm just going to tell you that. Like, but we've got trust me. right away with the mooch. <laughs> oh, the mooch <laughs> I fucking love. And this is Democrats and Republicans, okay, in general. Now, say what you want about Bernie, the guy's got integrity. When it comes to straight men and me outside my own father and Mel Brooks and few others, I'm not impressed. Until I watched For Whom the Bell Tolls, the documentary about John McCain currently on HBO. I was so goddamn moved and inspired by this guy. It really stopped me in my tracks. We're going to lose someone in this political system. And it really, truly is a motherfucking tragedy. I don't know what it makes... It all comes clear with like Lindsey Graham and all of it, doesn't it? Just all, all of clear? it. 
him walking and voting no and fucking dropping oh, the mic and walking yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, it really does. <laughs> now, I don't know what makes him a Republican or a conservative, and I don't know that I will ever understand or give deference to that point of view, but this guy defines integrity. Uh, people who are involved and value the military will, like I told you, like my dad, they will always be Republican because that's who gives the money to that. If it was up to Democrats, we'd be like, fuck the military, we're putting the roads back together. There's right. too many potholes, okay. our kids are illiterate and, you know, Right. Okay. okay. That's all right. All right. That's why. Well, That's why. There's no other choice for these people. Right. And he comes from a military family like literally every generation yeah. is in the military. So he was painted. Now, granted, in this movie, he was painted with a very respectful. Bro- this was more of a tribute than a documentary. And the people who spoke about him couldn't. Th- these are grown men who couldn't talk about him without being moved to tears. He, Which moved another grown man to tears. That, you. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to be able to prove the measure of a person? Get other people to talk about them. That's how you'll find out what someone means in the world and how they've treated people and who Jeez, they are. I couldn't even get a tribute together. <laughs> can, can, oh, I, God, can anyone volunteer? Me? Can anyone volunteer as tribute? No? No one? No? Not, not one person? Okay. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. She was fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just you. And then you're like, well, I mean, I liked her. I, I know I liked her, but I don't know. He really does define the meaning of service. And I think all men should have to study him in their man classes in school, which don't exist, but they should. And the classes will be called Don't Rape, Your Dick is an Outside Vagina, so let's all just relax and get ourselves under fucking control 101. But <laughs> and then I they should also add an addendum to the end of the class, which is an extra two-week course called How to Look Hot Like John McCain Did, because <laughs> he was pretty hot. <laughs> he w- and he, was, he, he went up and down. He went up and down. Girl, he did. He did? He, like, like, every, that's what's so great about him is that he, he had his hot period, and then he would like... <laughs> kind of losing a little bit but it's still cute because he was still cute so yeah. it's still like but then no matter what he was doing it was just like you know how we do we'd like gain some weight yeah or we do or we'd, you could see how he fluctuated in life but he always whether it was he was looking his hottest or he wasn't fucking he had it together he had it together <laughs> and he was still cute he's still cute as he's an older still man cu- and he's still cute as an older man yeah. he still had it together so everyone should stop and take a second to either watch this tribute or just take a moment to thank john mccain and even in your own mind i don't believe in prayer but if that's what praying is i would do it i really was oh, left yes. also when he does you know and he, Die, he is getting he will. he's getting closer yes uh, we all will y- yes but, but but i mean yeah like like take a second based on this so there's that if you don't watch the documentary to like uh, understand like you know that we lost you know a a, a really good American a really good American (laughs) a really good human being yeah in fact I was left feeling that this man is what men should strive to be he is reflective in his flaws he loves his family even though I'm sure he's fucked a few hookers in his day let's not be you know let's not get ourselves and let's not expect too much of these men I I mean they're gonna cheat they're gonna uh, fuck hookers at 100% (laughs) he all of his kids were like well we never saw him but (laughs) it was like okay because he was fine but they all love him he wasn't out moralizing about people he was trying to change policies that really did hurt people and did his best to do right by as many people as he could and what makes him a maverick and a role model to me in my opinion is that he won't be governed or scared into falling into line within a party that he loves obviously but that is fighting within it to make it what it should be in his heart and what it should be to the world. I guess in the same way that we're fighting against the extreme left, humorless assholes who are ruining our side of things. I hope he inspires more people in his party to be more like him, but if he remains the unique star that he is, then I'm grateful to have gotten to learn about him and I hope that you will too because he really truly was a great American citizen and human being and I think we all benefited from his presence. So there's that. 
that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love all of you, even if you aren't Patreon members. Mm-hmm. But if you like messy, casual conversation and shit talking, then you really should consider signing up for our elite <laughs> members only <laughs> podcast. Okay. <laughs> podcast nacho that's how it goes don't bother if you're only here listen no for real don't bother if you're only here for the politics because if you if you put up with this but you're here because you like politics you're not gonna like the patreon but if you fall into the category of someone who's suffering through the politics just to hang out with us then get the fuck on over to the patreon it's patreon.com slash politics and sign up it's one dollar an episode yeah you can't go wrong and if you want to see me live do stand up this month in new york i'll be at the Lori beachman theater june 7th and 8th and june 9th at the paradise in asbury new jersey and as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been done. And moochie, bitch. Ugh. Mooch, mooch, mooch. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man by the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you around and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or oh, if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite right. I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. 
But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>